Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. How many people love the Word of God? I love the Word of God. I can preach the same message five times without getting bored at all. Every time I read the sermon, every time I preach the Word, something changed on the inside of me. The Word of God is powerful to change life. And I want to be changed to become like Christ. I want to grow. I don't want to be the same. Amen? Let's look at what the Bible says here. We talk about the word or our mouth and our tongue a couple of Sundays ago. I want to continue the second one in the series. In James chapter 1, verse 19, the Bible says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. It's interesting that God gave us two nostrils, two ears, two eyes, but one mouth. I think God tried to give us the message that if God gives us two mouths, a lot of trouble will happen. Because one mouth alone already gets a lot of trouble. Because we say something wrong. We tend to talk faster than hearing. But God said, let us listen before we talk. Slow to speak. Why? Because right words will bless your life. But wrong words can cause you to have many, many problems. I can't imagine if everyone has two mouths in the world. So today, we like to talk about our tongues and mouth and word again. Look at James chapter 3, verses 5 to 8. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles. Little, little fire can burn the whole forest. Little tongue can cause huge problems in your life. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defies the whole body and set on fire the cross of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Every kind of animal can be tamed. But no man can tame the tongue. No man. You cannot even tame your own tongue. Only one person can tame your tongue is the Holy Spirit. Amen? The tongue is little a little organ, a little member, but it can cause huge problems. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poisons. Do you know that most problems in your own life are connected to somebody's mouth somewhere, somehow? Either your own mouth or somebody else's mouth. I get into a lot of trouble because somebody gossiped about me and I got into trouble. Or I say something wrong and I get into trouble myself. What we say affects our future. You're going to end up living in according what you say today, tomorrow, and the next year, and the next year. Whatever you say, you're going to eat it and live in it. 
Our mouth affects relationships in a very major way. Relationships can be destroyed or relationship can be healed through the power of the tongue. And the Bible says that we must be accountable to everything we say. And you say, no way. I'm going to say whatever I want. I'm not going to be accountable. I'm not responsible to what I say. But I want to tell you the truth. You're going to be responsible to what you say because you will be forced to be responsible by the circumstances that happen out of what you say anyway, even though you say you're not accountable. Let's look at the outrageous promise of Jesus Christ about prayer. The same mouth we can pray and praise God, and the same mouth you can say wrong thing. John chapter 14, verses 13 to 14, Jesus say, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He said, anything in my name. Wow, like a blank check with signature on it. You can ask anything in his name, you will get it. John chapter 16, 23. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most actually, I say to you, whatever, everyone say whatever. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. What does it mean, whatever? What does it mean? It means whatever. <laughs> I have no explanation. Whatever means whatever. He did not say that you have to pray this, this, this. He said whatever. Sound like he is giving us a blank check with signature already. You can put any number on it. How many people like that? Does somebody give you a blank check with a signature and you can put, I got one check already. Blank check and somebody sign. But not to me, to the church. <laughs> somebody gave me a blank check a few weeks ago. <laughs> and it's interesting that we have experienced a lot of answer to prayer. We pray for grandchildren. He gave us two. He answered the prayer. But how many people agree that we are not that level yet that we pray anything and we get. We still have problems with receiving answer from God. And when we face this problem of not receiving answer from God, we need to find out what are the reasons why we don't get the answer. And I believe that there are many reasons we don't get the answer. But today, I want to tell you one of the reasons we don't get the answer and when you know this reason, you need to fix the problem. And this is what the Bible says. James chapter 3, 9 to 11. With it, when with our tongue, with our mouth, we bless our God and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, this thing ought not to be so. Thus a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening. You may pray, beautiful pray on Sunday, but you spend Monday to Saturday grumbling, murmuring, gossiping, complaining, fighting faults, doing bad stuff with your mouth, and then you think your prayer is going to get answered? You think your prayer is going to be powerful? I don't think so. When you pour bitter water in a glass of pure fresh water, what happens? Dilution, 
and contamination. Is that right? Mixture brings dilution. If you want your prayers to get answered, you have to be careful not only say the right thing at the time you pray, but you need to say the right thing the rest of the time while you are not praying. Let me repeat one more time. If you want your prayer to get answered, you need to make sure that you say the right thing at the time you pray, and at the same time, you should not say wrong thing the rest of the time while you are not praying. Because from the same mouth, you pray to God. God, thank you. You're going to answer my prayer. But then the same mouth, you complain. i give you an example. On Sunday, you pray, God, I need a job. Oh, God, I believe you're my provider. You're going to give me security. You're going to help my kids on Sunday in Jesus' name. But Monday to Saturday, you talk to your friend, you talk to your boss, you talk to your wife or your husband, how worried you are, how afraid you are, how upset you are about the situation. And you say, oh, it's, the economy is bad. Oh, it's impossible. The job market is bad. And you think God going to answer your prayer? Monday to Saturday, you complain all the time about the situation. But Sunday, you pray by faith. I doubt it. Because you mix the complaining with the prayer. Your language, your words, definitely can affect your life. That's why we need to be educated about what we say on a daily basis, not only the time of prayer. It's very dangerous to say wrong thing every single day. It's very destructive to say wrong thing on a daily basis because whatever you say will affect your own life and affect people around you. It will affect your future and affect the spiritual atmosphere. It can open the door for the enemy to come in and destroy you, or it can close the door that the enemy cannot touch you. Or you can open the door for the godly angel to come and minister to you. I hope that after you listen to this series of message, you will be more careful of what you say. Amen? In Matthew 12, 34 to 36, Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. So God Record everything you say from your mouth. And you have to give account at the judgment seat of Christ on the last day. So you have to be careful what you say. He really keep record everything you say. Since I studied the Word of God, I'm very careful of what I say. Today, I want to talk about one subject, one area that is very difficult to deal with in our life. And I believe that we all struggle with this area. The subject or the issue of murmuring, grumbling, complaining, and finding faults. This is the first thing we need to deal with. Don't complain. Don't murmur. Don't grumble. Look at 
what happened to the children of Israel. Exodus chapter 15, verse 24. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? They complained. Exodus 16, 2-3. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Pastor Lao and Pastor Da in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. The children of Israel set a bad example to all of us. They complained, complained, complained against God and against their pastor. They keep complaining. Why do people complain? Because no one wants inconvenience. Is that right? Why people complain? Because they say, why not me? Why me? Why I have to be the one who suffer? Why I have to be the one who have to go through these things? Or on the opposite side, why you and not me? Do you notice one thing? When other people don't get the good thing, you don't care that much. And you will say, suck it up and deal with it. But when you don't get the good thing, you complain. We don't like to see other people get good things and we don't get it. And then we start to complain. I want to encourage you, before you complain, look for the treasure in every trial and test in your life. We all going to face wilderness, the trial and hardship. And a lot of time, our spiritual maturity or our spiritual growing happen during the hard time, happen during the darkest hour of our life, happen during the loneliest time, the most difficult time of our life. During those hard times, don't complain. Because complain is to remain. How many people want to remain? I don't want to remain in the wilderness. I want to enter the promised land. If you keep complaining, you're going to keep remaining around the mountain for 40 years. Amen? How many people want to reach the promised land? Raise your hand up. So one thing you need to do is not to complain. Is it interesting? Human nature. We love to praise God and jump up and down and laugh and ha 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 ho 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 on the top of the mountain. But we don't like to laugh and praise God and sing good worship song to God in the valley. Is it interesting that the children of Israel did not sing praises to God on the Egyptian side of the Red Sea? When they faced the Red Sea, <laughs> no one laughed, no one sang praises to God. But they sang praises to God and danced and, and worshipped God on the other side of the Red Sea. And that's human nature. Would it be more meaningful if the children of Israel sang praises to God on the Egyptian side of the Red Sea before they crossed the Red Sea? Because God deserved it. He had done a lot of miracles before they left the land of Egypt. But they did not sing praises to God on the Egyptian side of the Red Sea. They have to wait until God opened the Red Sea cross and then sang praises to God. 
Why don't we do opposite way? We're gonna sing a laugh on the Egyptian side of the Red Sea. You know why it's so important to do that? When you sing praises during the midnight hour, God gonna break the door of your prison open. Amen. God gonna perform miracle for you. But if you complaining, keep complaining, you will not see the miracle. One day God showed me. If the devil hit you with something, and you start to cry, you start to get upset, you start to complain. The devil look at it. He enjoy it. Good. Hit him more. You cry more. You complain more. Hit him more. And then he'll keep hitting you because you keep complaining, and that is his purpose: is to make you upset, and make you complain, make you really get discouraged. But can you imagine if the devil hit your back, and you turn around, ha ha ha, ha ha ha, the devil think, hmm, something wrong here. He hit you again. You turn around, ha ha ha, praise God. After five times, the devil will give up, and he say, "I cannot do anything to pass the law. I think I rather go to John, but I don't say the last name because if I hit John, he's gonna complain. If you can praise God in the midst of trial, you can laugh in the midst of trial. The devil will give up on you." Because he say waste of my time, he's not dumb. He's not gonna do anything to waste his time. He's gonna go to somebody else. Amen? Amen. A lot of people love to praise God and thank God and laugh when everything goes their way. But when things go another way, they complain. Complaining is very dangerous. Very dangerous. And this is the most challenging thing in the Western world. Why? Because here, we want instant gratification. Click the TV, turn on, drive in, you get Big Mac. Everything has to come right now. We don't like discomfort. We don't like to wait. We don't like sacrifice. We don't like to do anything that causes us to wait a little bit longer. We don't like to feel bad. Everything has to come now. So what happens when things don't come now? We complain, and then whatever in our heart, we start to say through our mouth. We need to learn how to develop the skill of controlling our mouth before it come out from our heart. We need to develop that skill. When I went to Los Angeles, I mentioned to the Indonesian church that. There are three kinds of Christians, and when I say this, I can say this all year long because I think you need to hear this again and again. Three kinds of Christian. Number one, carnal Christians. Carnal Christians are controlled by their stomach, their physical gratification. Carnal Christian, if they get hungry a little bit, oh God, I'm hungry. They complain already. They will be moved by their physical need and their physical feeling. But the second kind, a soulish Christian. Soulish Christian usually happen a lot in highly educated people, like me, people who have PhD, master degree. These people think and analyze and think and analyze 
always think and analyze, and then God already passed by, they don't even get anything. They never walk by faith because they analyze everything. The third kind of Christian, spiritual Christian. What does it mean? Spiritual Christian are those who allow the Holy Spirit to control their spirit. And then their spirit, by the help of the power of the Holy Spirit, control their flesh and their mind. They are led by the Spirit, not by their stomach. They are led by the Spirit, not by their mental capacity and intellectual function. I heard somebody say a long time ago, you cannot stop the bird to fly over you and poop on your head. You cannot stop it. You cannot say, bird, bird, don't, don't poop on my head right now. If they're going to poop, they're going to poop. You cannot stop them. But you can get rid of that poop from your head and don't let it come into your heart. So what it means, sometimes bad thinking comes to your mind. The devil speaks to you. Are you going to let it come out to your mouth? Are you going to say, Holy Spirit, in my spirit, we're going to control this idea and these bad thoughts, and I will not let it come out through my mouth. I push it down. I am self-control. I am spiritual Christian. The Bible says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You have to control your heart, by the Holy Spirit. Amen? If you want to enter the promised land. Why people complain? I just want to share two reasons. Number one, people complain because they lack a thankful or appreciative heart. When you're not thankful, you always complain. Amen? This morning, when I was driving to church, Pastor Da and I were thankful. We were talking that. We're so thankful for the brother and sister in the church. We have wonderful people in the church. We're so thankful. That's why I never complain about you. I'm thankful for your life. That's number one. You are thankful, then you don't complain anymore. Are you thankful that you live in the U.S.? Are you thankful that you, at least you have oxygen to breathe? Are you thankful that you have a house to Live in? Are you, you are not on the street right now? If you are thankful, you will not complain. The second thing that people complain because of pride. What, the pride. what does the pride say? Pride will say, I deserve it. I need to get that and I deserve that promotion. I deserve the race. I deserve that. I deserve this. Then you complain if you don't get it. But humility will say, God I don't deserve that. All these things come by your grace. I don't deserve all these things. I don't deserve Pasada. When I was a young man, I have a lot of pimple, acne. The whole face I was full with acne. I was not tall, good looking, with big nose. I have Chinese eye, not double eyelid. I like big nose and double eyelids. Look nice, look handsome. But I don't have. But Pastor Da still chose me to be her husband. So it's the grace of God. 
I don't deserve Pastor Da. Amen. You can see if you are humble and you think you don't deserve things, you will not complain anymore. You will think that everything you have, oh, thank God, at least I have all these things. You are gracious to me. The Hebrews were crying to God. They left the land of Egypt. God gave them the deliverer called uh, named Moses. Moses performed many, many miracles. Many plagues happened to the Egyptians. And eventually the Pharaoh said, let you go. You can go worship God at the mountain. They moved out. They saw the pillar of fire. They saw the pillar of cloud protect them from the sunshine during the day. The pillar of fire gave them light during the nighttime. They saw all this miracle. And normally they should have entered the promised land in 11 days. But two and a half million people except two, Joshua and Caleb, got into the promised land. You know the reason why they could not get into the promised land? Two and a half million people except the next generation that was, were birthed in wilderness, the children. Because complaining. Big deal. Complaining is a big deal. Stop the two, two and a half million people from entering the promised land. They have a journey. They, their journey is to go into the promised land, but they complain about that journey all the time. Our life also has journey. You have a journey. I have a journey. Each one of us has a specific journey we have to walk. And if we keep complaining about our journey, we will never enter the promised land that God has in store for us. And sometimes we complain because in the, while we are do, walking our journey, we look at our friend in the church. He get married already, but I'm not. God, it's not fair. My journey, why am I still single at 25 years old? He got married already at 50 years old. This is wrong. You complain. I'm 25, he's 50, he got married. I'm not married yet. I just try to make it extreme. <laughs> you complain about your journey, but I want to let you know that God knows what is best for your life. So your journey is designed by God. Don't compare yourself with other people's journey and don't complain during your journey because your word has creative power. It's interesting. God created the heavens and the earth by speaking. He said, let there be light. And there is still light to today, many thousand years later. You know why the word of God's spoken word is so powerful? Because he is completely holy and pure. His word said, and it still go on and on and on and on for thousands of years. Because the word has creative power. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So you can choose to use your mouth to speak the language of heaven, or you can use your mouth to speak the language of hell. Praying, praising, speaking the word is the language of heaven. And it will produce, it will, it will go up to heaven into the spiritual realm and pull down the good things into your life. But when you complain, you gossip, you say wrong things all the time. Those words will go out into the spiritual realm and then bring bad things into your life because there is power in your word. 
That's why both King Solomon and King David spoke in the, the word of God this way. This is what we should meditate. Psalm 19:14. Let the word of my mouth, everyone says, the words of my mouth. And the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. King David said, let every word of my mouth be acceptable to God. Psalm 39 verse 1, I said, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muscle while the wicked are before me. When you're facing problem, the devil put obstacle in front of you financially, family, everything. Instead of sinning with your mouth, saying things, complaining, bad things. You need to put a muscle on your mouth and guard your mouth. And this applies to speaking into the Facebook too. I notice some people like to write something complaining in the Facebook. Don't do that because it really curses yourself. You need to speak positive about yourself. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 6 to 7. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things. And from the openings of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. These three passages of scripture should be meditated by us all the time. Amen? Don't plan to wake up with your own power to be able to speak the right thing. You wake up and you say, Holy Spirit, put a guard on my mouth. Put a muscle on my mouth that I will not say wrong things. Your word has so much power. You can speak the things that do not exist into existence. Amen? I remember when I brought Paul, my son, to the psychologist when he was only three or four years old. The psychologist said that Paul will never speak, will never read. He needs to be on DSHS. You know DSHS means welfare. You need to apply for welfare. He will never do, be able to function well because of autism. When I listened to that, in my heart, I was shaking my head. No way. I have my God. After that, I and Pastor Da decree and speak all the time. Paul going to be well. Paul going to read. Paul going to do well in school. And he is now. This is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. This is what happened. Abraham was so old, more than 100 years old. And his wife, Sarah, was very old. The womb was dead. And God spoke to him, you are the father of many nations. And every time people call him, you're the father of many nations, he's speaking the thing that hasn't been happening, that do not exist. But eventually, it happened. Sarah became pregnant because of the spoken word of God and of himself. Every time Sarah called her husband, father of many nations, and I think Abraham would think, how come I, I mean, I don't think I have sperm anymore. You don't have egg anymore. How come we're going to get pregnant? But they spoke, spoke, spoke. This is what the Bible says in Romans 4, 17. 
God who gives life to the dead and listen carefully calls those things which do not exist as though they did. You call your mouth has power. Those things that do not exist as though they did and it shall happen because there's power in the tongue. In Exodus chapter 16, the children of Israel complain about having no bread to eat. They say, oh, we'd rather go back to slavery, to captivity, and we can eat the pot and the bread and die there by God. Instead of pressing into the complete freedom in the land of Canaan and the promised land, they want immediate gratification. Do you know that spiritual maturity and growing up in the Lord are not always comfortable? Do you know that? It hurts. Sometimes God needs to take something out of our life so that we learn to grow and we learn to be mature. And when we are willing to pass that test, then God gives us grace with a better reward and blessing. The most progress that you make in your spiritual walk happen at a time you make a decision to obey God despite your bad feeling and you don't get what you want. That is the time that you make the most spiritual progress in your life. Many of you may say, I have freedom. And my real freedom is to get whatever I want. No. Real freedom is to continue to walk in righteousness despite you don't get whatever you want. You know why? Because if you complain about what you don't get, you're going to have to come back to the test again and go to the test again and row and row and row the mountain. Look at Exodus chapter 17, verse 3. Many times our complaining is that somebody else's fault. And the people thirst there for water. And the people complain against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Exodus 16, they complain about no food to eat. Exodus 17, they complain about no water to drink. And they blame somebody else. They blame Moses. Remember, they pray for God to send deliverer. God sent deliverer, and now they complain against the deliverer. The human nature complaining. Look at this scripture. In Numbers chapter 21, 4 to 7. We're going to learn something from this passage. Numbers 21, 4 to 7. Then they journey from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Had to blame somebody. Blame God and blame the leader. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water. And our soul wrote this worthless bread. I'll stop here first and we'll continue to read. They complained, we don't have food to eat. And God gave them miracle bread, manna from heaven. And after they ate manna for a while, they complained, this manna is worthless. Uh, I'm sick of it. Wow. What I learned from this story is that 
Many of us need more spiritual maturity than miracles. If we are not spiritually mature, when we get something, God answer the prayer. We rejoice for five days. After five days, we complain about the miracle, and then we pray for the miracle again. And after we get the miracle for ten days, we complain again about the miracle. In fact, sometimes God doesn't give miracle so that you will become spiritually mature, so that you will not complain anymore. Some of us may. Pray, pray, pray. God, give me a wife. After you get a wife, three months later, my wife. Oh God, why marry her? And then you pray for children. She get pregnant. After the baby come out, you get happy for a while. And three months later, oh my baby, I cannot sleep at night. He wake up all night. Oh, you complain again. I think you need spiritual maturity. Don't be like spiritual baby. How many people raise a baby before? How baby act? The baby will look happy when they get their pacifier, their blankie, and their toy. When the toy is not there instantly, <coughs> <coughs> my grand two children, Josiah, in the hospital, <coughs> all the time. We find out that because he was hungry. He complained, <laughs> but now the mom has enough milk because of after cesarean section the milk didn't come right away. So now the Josiah sleep well, enough milk. You see, babies complain, cry. How many people want to be spiritual baby all the time? I don't want to be. People who complain are spiritual babies. They are not mature. Amen. Look at what happened. Continue to read, verse six. So the Lord <laughs> sent fiery serpents among the people. They bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. People dropped dead right and left before they got the lesson from God that complaining is a sin. A lot of people don't even know that complaining is a sin. God has to allow the serpent to come and kill. Many thousand of them in the wilderness before they get the message from God. In other words, remember this: complaining opened the door for Satan to come in to destroy your life, to steal your money, to steal your family, to steal your life away. Therefore, the people came to Moses and say, "We have sinned, and we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that He may take away the serpents from us." So Moses, Moses was very nice. Pray for the people. If it were me, I may not pray. Maybe let let them get by for a while, <laughs> having fun to see these people get bitten because they complain against me too much. No, I'm just kidding. Moses was a nice man. He prayed for those who complain against him. So what you learn today? You learn that your mouth has power of life and death. You should not mix the word that come from your mouth, the word of heaven, and the word of hell, because it will dilute your prayer life. Three, we learn that God doesn't want us to complain. God wants us to grow spiritually and stop complaining, and be thankful and be humble. If we complain too much, God will allow the serpent or the devil to come in to give us a lesson. 
we should not go to that direction. If we don't want to remain in the wilderness, we should stop complaining. If we want to get into the promised land. Last scripture I want to read in Amplified Bible. Philippians chapter 2, 14 to 15. Do all things without grumbling and fault fighting and complaining against God and questioning and doubting among yourself. That you may, listen carefully, why we should not complain, whatever we do, that you may show yourself to be blameless and guiltless, innocent, uncontaminated children of God without blemish, flawless and unrebukable, in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation. We are living in the sinful world. And if Christians keep complaining, they will not see the holiness of God. Among whom, if you don't complain, everything you do, you smile, you're happy, you praise God all day long, you never complain. You are seen as bright lights, stars, or beacons shining out clearly in the dark world. If we don't complain, the dark world, people in the dark world will see us as a bright light and we will represent God. Amen? Amen. This is the second one in the series. Last time we learned that we should not gossip, judge, and point finger if you want your prayer to get answered. Today we learned that we should not grumble, complain, find faults, and murmur. How many people repent today? Raise your hand up. How many people have not complained about anything from 7 a.m. this morning to noon? I think you did some way, somehow. You complained already. Complaining is the most difficult issue to deal with, and you do it all the time. Amen? Too cold, too rainy, <laughs> hard to find parking, the music too loud. Oh, before I finish, let me say one last thing. Complaining is different from explaining the situation. You can go to somebody and you can explain, this is the problem, can we resolve it? That is different. But complaining means, you just walk around all day talking without any benefit. This is just, you have to just burst it out from your mouth, talking about negative things in your life, somebody's life or other people's life, you just keep talking. That is complaining. Nothing wrong to explain and communicate. For example, if the music is too loud, instead of, you know, music's too loud. You tell your pastor. No, that is complaining. But instead of that, you come directly to the worship leader and say, brother, I think to me, the music is too loud. The drum is too high. Can we resolve this? And they will do their best to resolve it. That is not complaining. That is explaining. I don't teach you not to say anything when you see problems. You can communicate and you can explain, but don't complain. Amen? Amen. Everyone say, complaining, complaining. Is, remaining. is remaining. I don't want to remain. I want to enter the promised land. Let's pray. Father in heaven, 
We ask you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will help us to be spiritual people, to guard our tongue and mouth, to put the muscle on our tongues, to tame our tongues. Lord, we don't want our sinful nature to control our tongues. Father, we repent of our sin of complaining. We don't want to do that anymore. Every time we complain, Father, remind us by Your Holy Spirit. Show us, Father. Remind us of this teaching today that we will not do it anymore, Father. We thank You so much for Your love. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. You learn something today. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by your only Son. Bring me your tired, you said. Please, Lord, hear my song.